right, Kevin Barker. So 17 Blue Jays strikeouts tonight. Seven with runners in scoring position. I think basically the story of this game, quite frankly, aside from Kevin Gossman's great pitching, that first inning, ground rule double by George Springer, Bo singles, belt strikeout, Guerrero strikeout, Chapman strikeout. I mean, that that's basically the game, story of the game. Yeah, I guess you could say that. It, it was sort of the sequencing of the pitches, right? It was belt to 2-0, sinker that's up and away, he took it, and he gets two really good pitchers' pitches that he swings through for the K swinging. The Vladdy 1-1 sinker that was up and away, that's an easy pitch to get in the air, right? Didn't do a whole lot of sinking. It was elevated. You can get it under that a little bit. Don't have to hit it hard. Just trying to create a little backspin, get it in the outfield, score the run. Instead, he swings the slider. That's in a different area code. I th- we said this today on the show. You asked me about Vladimir Guerrero Jr., and I want to buy into that approach. But ha, it's real tough to do that when it's Oakland that's throwing you the baseball, not the – the San Francisco Giants, who have a bunch of plethora of all kinds of different crossfire and funky deception and and submarine and nasty, you can't hit it at the end of the game. Like there's a lot going on there. You got to really zone up. When you get a good pitch to hit, you got to hit it. And then the Chapman 2-0, he got four sinkers basically on the plate all over the place that he's three days late on and he didn't put a ball in play. So, yeah, for me, you can lose the game in the first inning, and that's exactly what happened. Kevin Gossman was really, really good. That just goes to show you, Jeff, even if you have two pitches, if you have velocity and you locate your heater, which is still the best pitch in baseball, you're going to get a bunch of really good hitters out, and that's exactly what Kevin did. You can tell he's got the extra day. He's just got a little different swag to him, like he's walking around the mound. He's beat the dude on the on-deck circle. I've been there. That's a thing. He's doing that tonight, and this is sort of the same old Blue Jays, right? You mentioned it, the one for 12 runners in scoring position, seven of those were via the K. Belt, this is exactly what you want if you're John Snyder. Belt had a chance the first and the third inning. Vladdy had a chance the first and the eighth inning. Chapman had a chance the first and the sixth inning. That's basically what you want, right? You want your three, four, five guys coming up with the traffic. Just so happens it didn't work out today. Yeah, Brandon Belt in particular. Uh, I mean, (laughs) swinging and missing in an 85-mile-an-hour changeup, lefty and lefty changeup right down the middle. I mean, come on. Well, that gets back to the funky deception. Like, it, it's the – when you're facing Alex Wood, it, he's got a lot going on, right? It looks like a big giant rubber band, right? Where his throwing hand goes, his glove hand goes, it's sort of – you know, it's all in opposite directions, and then it's sort of got that little snap at the end of it, and it gets on you in a hurry. So you're – whatever all the different speeds are look like they're a little bit harder, and, you know, he's a tough get for a lefty. I give you that. It's just for me anyway – Having Brandon Belt hitting third in your order and you're trying to win a World Series is a little tough watch. I mean, let's be honest. It is. Yeah, I think uh, – yeah, I know that No it's, offense uh, to Brandon Belt, but – Well, no, I, but, but, I mean, let's face it. Uh, you know, and if, uh, frankly, in a good team, at this stage of his career, Brand, Brandon Belt shouldn't be any place above seventh in your, in your lineup, I don't think. You nailed it. Um, you nailed it. You know, I mean, I still, I still can't believe that it's June 26th and we're talking about him as being a, a number three hitter on, on a team that supposedly had designs on winning the uh, the AL East. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety star five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety three nothing. The San Francisco Giants shutting out the Toronto Blue Jays. The first of three games at the Rogers Center. The Giants only their fourth win in 27 games where they've scored three runs or less. We talked about them on 
Blair and Barker. They walk a lot. They strike out a lot. They grind out at bats. And I know when you look at that, you think, okay, that's a team that's used to playing low-scoring games. But the fact of the matter is, generally the Giants need more runs than this to win. The Jays won for 12 with runners in scoring position. And, uh, well, if Mitch White is in the game, Mitch White is a human, you know, it's a human white flag. Mitch White comes in the game as basically basically means it's over. And we saw that uh, that tonight with Mitch White com- coming in after Eric Swanson couldn't get the job done. But again, you can't. I don't. I don't think anyhow you can hang this on the pitching at absolutely all here. Not. Like, don't be afraid absolutely. to get a don't be afraid to get a freaking hit. Like, seriously. Absolutely, absolutely. Now I do. I do think you have to give a little bit of credit to the Giants. They, they did a really good job of you know you don't like the ball up, we're gonna throw it up. You don't like a breaking ball, we're gonna throw your breaking ball away off the plate. We'll get you to chase. I, they were attacking. We mentioned this. Like they're the best at game planning, doing it with a bunch of different arms. Right? You got crossfire to lead off the game. You got the all the funky stuff that Alex Wood was doing. You got the submarine guy, and then you got that dude at the end of the game. Ha! Yeah. Good luck trying to put that thing in place. So, yeah, I mean, it's you just sort of expect better. Like I, that I think is what if you're a Jays fan when you watch this game, this team with runners and scorers, they're easy outs. Like it's it's not like it's okay. I get the two strikes, I'm bad. Like Whit Merrifield there with a runner on second base and moving the runner to third with the submarine guy. Yeah, that's battle. Like, he called timeout. He's stepping out. He's trying to mentally tell himself, keep the front side in. Like, that's a competitive bat. I mean, he hit the ball off the end, but you got the job done. You moved the dude to third with less than two outs. That's what you don't see enough of. And realistically, until they consistently show you that, I just don't know what you're getting from this lineup, Jeff. I, I just, again, consistently against good teams that know how to pitch Vladdy, I just don't know if you're cons- going to consistently see the nice approach where you're taking it, you're forcing the pitcher to throw a ball in your zone. Because, again, he's not Bo Bichette. Like, he can't cover all those quadrants. So, yeah, sometimes it's tough watch. Uh, speaking of Bo Bichette, three hits for Bo Bichette cool. today. Uh, and one that elite. I, I – I, I the the one the the first hit I have no idea I mean I I looked at it a couple of times in baseball savant and I said I'm not going to look at it anymore it's making me sick I have no idea how he got that to that ball well actually I did because it's Bo Bichette and uh, Bo Bichette right now is well he's mastered um, his mechanics when you, when you if, do that everything boy, is, is out ever. the window and you're throwing barrel at baseball and when boy when you're that good it just seems to fall in. Want to go to the phone lines in a minute, but very quickly, Kevin. Want to talk about Tyler Rogers? Now, explain to me. And I'm not criticizing Danny Jansen here because it's a tough look, but explain to me what your approach should be against a guy throwing like that. Whit Merrifield, you talked about this. Whit Merrifield gets a ground ball. Battles gets a ground ball. Dalton Varshall's on third. All you need is a fly ball. All, and I'm using all in air quotes. Yeah. You need is a yeah. fly ball. And we saw Danny basically go to his knees in the one swing, tried to Reggie Jackson it, uh, didn't quite work out. How do you approach been, a guy like that? I've always, I've always been taught with submarine guys, if you don't face them all the time, you've got to get them down. Like the ball has natural rise to it because of where he's releasing the baseball. And you can tell that. Like the glove side to righties, he was dominated like that little quadrant up and away. Those are balls. You have to force him down. It's hard because he's basically like a knuckleballer. You never see stuff like that. His knuckles are dragging the ground. Like it, it's just a rare thing. But in those big spots, good teams 
fight dudes down like that, right? It's almost like because he doesn't throw real hard, you're basically trying to hit the ball out of catcher's mitt. But you have to see it down. If you don't see it down, you're going to get a bunch of swing unders and everybody's scratching their head. How's he doing it? And why are you not putting the ball in play? So, yeah, that that's that again is one of those where you just have to have more and better competitive at bats, and they just for whatever reason didn't seem to want to buy into that. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety. It is Blue Jays Sock Blair and Barker three nothing. The Giants beating the Toronto Blue Jays in the first of three games at the Rogers Center. Sebastian in Ottawa, welcome to Blue Jays Talk. Hey, gentlemen, long time listener, first time caller. Um, Thank you and welcome. I- it's just it's painful it's painful to it's painful to watch you know after a performance like gosman um i guess two questions really quick first one um i just wanted to know how many of gosman's outings have the jays lost because i feel like he's just been so lights out all year long and hasn't had that many bad outings and the good ones we just can't capitalize on runs like watching them today, again, reoccurring theme all season long, runners in scoring position, we can't cash them in. It's, I understand it's very difficult to hit at the major league level, but oh, it's not, just, it's, I was going to say it's not that difficult. That's not what I mean, but other teams seem to manage it, I guess is how I put it. Exactly. When you look at this lineup on paper, it's just like, oh, how can we not do it? Um, and the, the second, I guess the question I wanted to ask you gentlemen is, what out of the two things in, at the trade deadline? What would you rather see the Jays pick up? I, I'm sorry, I apologize if you guys have talked about it before, but would you rather see pitching or would you rather see hitting at the trade deadline? Thank you so much. I'll listen and hang up. Take care. I appreciate the call, Sebastian. I listen. I would like to see hitting. I'd like to see. I'm not interested in adding somebody who's just going to help me this year. I'd like to see a bat that might be around here next year. Because you know, I look at this lineup tonight. Belt, he isn't going to be here next year. Merrifield, he's got that big option. Uh, Chapman, he's a free agent. I, you know, even if Aurelvis Martinez caps off his year and has a real good year and makes a play for a spot next year, you're still going to need at least one other bat. And yeah, you can do it in the offseason as a free agent. But, you know, I'm, I'm really intrigued by something Dan O'Dowd said today on our show, Kevin, and that is. You know, there's some good teams out there right now. All right, let me rephrase that. There are teams out there right now spending a ton of money to win, and they stink. And I'm talking about the Padres. I'm talking about the Mets. I'm talking about the Cardinals. If I'm Ross Atkins, I'm looking to try to pry away a hitter from one of those three teams and not somebody who's just going to be here for a year. And if that means i got to get creative and put a deal together and maybe move one of my younger, one of my minor league prospects in it, however, I mean, whatever I can do, I got to do that because I got to get an established major league bat in here at some point. I'm going to have to do it next year. I'm going to need at least one of them. I might as well get a head start on it now. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Uh, look, you just sometimes I think you need a professional hitter, a guy who competes all the time, who doesn't have easy flaws. Like you can name every single one of these guys except Bo Bichette, and they have easy flaws, right? I mean, you could go one through nine, and you could rhyme off very easily how to get them out, just exactly the way the Giants did, right? I mean, the, the dudes that the Giants threw out there are not great pitchers, but they executed weaknesses. And I just think, for me, they need to get a dude in here who can not have so many when it those at-bats that matter the most. I'm with you. That's probably where you start. I mean, obviously, you would like to have another starting pitcher because of how Alec Manoa's looked. But you know what, though, Kevin? That, that may be wishful thinking. 
Start yeah, you know what? I can pick me. up. Here's the thing about a starting pitcher at the deadline. I've seen enough from these guys. I just need an arm. I need somebody who's better than Mitch White and allows me to put Trevor Richards. How about an eighth inning guy? How about an eighth inning guy and a new compete with runners in scoring position? How about that? Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get everything. But my point is, when you no. look at pitching, when you look at pitching at the trade deadline, you don't need that. I don't think you need that. You've got to stop. Here's the thing. If Alec Manoa isn't here, you can't take the approach that you're going to go out and you've got to add somebody who's good enough to replace your opening day starter. You're not. Alec Manoa, when he left here, was maybe your fifth starter at best. You're looking for somebody to come in and be a, a fifth starter. You can always find bullpen arms. So there, there's going to be a bullpen arm out there. I want to talk, though. Sebastian made a good point, Kevin. Well, let's take a look at, at Kevin Gossman's losses this year, or the Jays' losses with Kevin Gossman in the game. First game of the year, first start of the year for Kevin Gossman. They lost 4-1 to St. Louis. He gave up no earned runs. Three runs, no earned runs, eight hits in six innings. He wasn't great, good enough to win. Going down, uh, his they lost on April 17th. Eight runs allowed, seven earned. Yeah, probably deserve the loss there. May 4th, Boston beat the Jays 11-5. Eight earned runs, probably deserve the loss there. May 10th, the Phillies beat the Jays 2-1. Six innings, three hits, no earned runs, nine strikeouts for Kevin Gossman. Jays didn't win that game. May 16th, 6-3 loss to the Yankees. Kevin Gossman, seven innings pitched, five hits, three runs, two earned, 10 Ks. Lost that one. I mean, you see where this is going. Baltimore beat them 8-3 on May 21st. Kevin Gossman, eight innings, six hits, two earned runs, four strikeouts. Um, you know, and, 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 I mean, there you are. It's uh, seven losses in the 17 starts. That's what you're saying. Remarkable. Yeah, it's a lot. Like, it's the, it should be win day for him. I mean, the stuff he has, the the way he adapts and overcomes, right, it's the – he doesn't always have his good velocity, but he battles through it, right? He'll rely on more movement and deception. He'll throw the slider a little bit more when he has to. He's a veteran guy, right? That's why they're trying to do as much as possible to get him the extra day. I mean, down the stretch here, because of who they don't have, they'll probably have to wear him out a little bit more, but – yeah, absolutely. It should be win day all the time. This gets back to the offense, right? It's when you're facing and you've got your best guy on the mound, it has to be better. No excuses. Robin Toronto, you're leaving the game right now. Gentlemen, how are you guys? Uh, you know, it's always fun to watch baseball. Not so much fun to go one for 12 with runners in scoring position. Yeah, zero runs pretty hard, too. Guys, let me ask you a question. How come this front office always gets a pass on the on on um, on everything that they do? And let me explain what I mean by this. Okay, we traded Gurriel and Kirk. Obviously, we can't foresee injuries. You didn't so trade we, Kirk. We traded uh, Moreno and Gurriel right. for Varsho, and we kept Kirk and uh, Jansen. But now Kirk's on the DL. So, and we got honestly a catcher that I have a hard time. I call him the Hyman maneuver. But anyways, uh, reality is. He shouldn't really be qualified to be in the majors. And no what? Who? Who are you talking about? Tyler Heineman? Tyler Heineman's fine as the number three catcher. Uh, Tyler Heineman's not a problem on your, yeah, on yeah, your team. You You've me, had worse you number three me, catchers in here than Tyler Heineman. If you tell me that is, should be in front of Moreno on the depth charts, you're absolutely wrong. 
No, I, I didn't say that. I didn't. I no, 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 no. I didn't say no, that no, at all. I didn't say that at all. All I'm saying is he's your number three catcher, and that's that's fine having him as your number well, three catcher. That's because we, we traded supposedly our number one prospect at the time, who, in my opinion, would be the number one catcher on the team. And I understand nope. that you can't foresee. I, I understand you cannot foresee injuries, but reality is today re-emphasizes what the problem is. In 2015 or 2016, when this run office took over the team, we complained that the team was old and that Encarnacion Batista era was all swing and miss. The batters were always hitting the long ball but striking out too much. Look at the lineup today. 60% of the lineup is strikeout percentages. Uh, I, like, well, yeah, what's your, get, get to your point. Fast, fast. Get to your point. Aside from the Whit Merrifield at bat today, which honestly, when he moved the runner from second to third, yep. this whole this whole lineup needs to change. We need to go to a Kansas City Royals, which was what okay, the Okay, that's about it. Thanks, Rob. No, sorry. We need to go to the Kansas City Royals. No, I know what you're going to say. Go to the Kansas City Royals of 2015. Um, yeah, good luck with that. Um, to your point, though, I mean, I can't, I, I, I can't disagree with you about we've said this. You know, I do disagree with you about the front office getting a pass. If you listen to our show, we've been saying all along that this lineup is incomplete. I don't know what other people have been saying, but I know on our show, we've talked a long time. We've talked a lot. This lineup is incomplete. This is not a good lineup. We have talked about that. Um, The pitching, I don't know. I think we've done a decent job with pitching in terms of free agency. Minor league system, we've been critical of the minor league system. We've said often that there's not enough depth in the minor league system. We criticized the general manager before anybody else in the city did about the lack of depth when it came to starting pitching at AAA. So with all due respect, you're wrong in that regard. Jeff in Toronto, very quickly. I'll be very quick. I'm walking around here with my 92 World Series hat on. There you go. I was three years old when that happened. I'd like to be, you know, less than 53 before the next one, but it doesn't seem like we're headed that way. Um, I I agree with you guys on the hitting perspective, but my my comment, and it doesn't really fit the narrative tonight because I don't think Swanson is a guy that fits into this, but I just, I think about 2021 when we missed the playoffs by one game, and if we had got a high leverage arm in May or June of that year, we would have made the playoffs that year because one high leverage arm for that many games would have won us another game, and I just fear we're going down that road again. We're running out these guys in the bullpen who are just less than stellar, and I think it's a lot easier to fix the bullpen than it is the lineup, and if you just go out and get a couple high leverage arms, it's just going to give us that little bit of edge that we might just need to not miss the playoffs by one or two games again. Yeah, Jeff, I'm going to pass you over to Barker. Uh, thanks for that, uh, because uh, I know, yeah, Kevin feels that way, and you know, we've talked about that as well. I think you can probably find those those leverage arms in the bullpen. I I agree with you, Jeff. We we've kind of said all along, Kevin, this this bullpen's good enough to get you to the playoffs, all Absolutely. things considered. But it's yeah. not going to scare anybody in the playoffs. It's just not. No doubt. No doubt. Piecing it together and asking John Snyder and Pete Walker to always get it right and run out three or four different kinds of arms and try and match up. It's almost impossible, right? You need a legit seventh, eighth, and ninth inning guy to be a legit contender when you hit the playoffs. Right now, they don't have that, right? Eric Swanson's a nice piece. I mean, there's a reason why Seattle didn't throw him in the playoffs last year. They had better options. I mean, let's be honest. That's exactly why. That's fair fair point. They had no confidence in him. Uh, absolutely not. So for me, it's right. They need another legit eighth inning guy to go with Jordan Romano. But again, you get back to that lineup thing. And I know this is going to be a hard thing to get because a lot of people are trying to get these and they don't grow on trees. 
But how is Brandon Belk going to be in your top four and expect you're going to make a serious run to, even to make the playoffs? Like, just look at his at-bats tonight. How did the bat look different with nobody on when he hit the double than how it looked with runners on base and in scoring position? They're totally different. You need that reversed. I know he's a veteran guy. He's been there and done it before. But I that, that for me, is sort of the part of it, especially when consistently you just don't see quality at-bats from Blatty. If you were seeing those, eh, throw whoever you want to throw in the three-hole. But you're not seeing those. 3 nothing. the Blue Jays losing to the San Francisco Giants. Hey, folks, the Giants are 10-0 on the road in June. If they sweep this series, they set a record. Sweep? Don't get crazy. Don't get crazy. Beat Kevin Gossman today. Mm. Did they? Mm. Well, let me rephrase it. They won the game in which Kevin Gossman started. 3 nothing. we'll take a break go. and come back. Take a look around the American League East. It's Blue Jays talking. Sportsnet 590, the fan. Can you feel maybe a snowball type effect where it doesn't get done at one point and then that carries over and then pressure builds progressively over the course of a game? I don't think so, no. I think today kind of in a vacuum, um, again, it's it's unique looks. You know, it's a dude throwing from his shoe tops and, you know, Wood is, is a little funky with, with his arsenal too. Um, I don't think it snowballs, no. I mean, the approach is what it is. It has to be consistent. And, um, you know, tonight just wasn't wasn't it with the strikeouts. But, no, I mean, I, th- I think guys take it kind of as it comes. And, um, you know, sooner or later we're going to get it done pretty consistently. Oh, I, I'm hoping it's sooner as opposed to later. I mean, it's so almost July 1st. Say, That's John yeah. Schneider, the manager of the Blue Jays. Yeah, it's almost Canada Day. How about and, that? Uh, better hurry. Same old, same old, same old tonight uh, for the Toronto Blue Jays. One for 12 with runners in scoring position. A 3 nothing loss to the San Francisco Giants. Game two of the three-game series goes tomorrow. 416-870-0590, star 591, 888-666-0590. Further to Rob's question, Gabriel Moreno has two home runs and 26 RBIs. <clears throat> He's hitting 242 with runners in scoring position. 255. He is not your starting catcher if he is with the Blue Jays right now. Sorry about that, Rob. Um, time now for the Major League Standings Watch presented by Bet365. Download the Bet365 app and check out the latest odds for today's baseball games, 19-plus play responsibly, Ontario only. This would have been a good night to uh, beat the San Francisco Giants if you are the uh, Toronto Blue Jays. Looking around yeah. the American League East, the Miami Marlins. Uh, waylaying the Boston Red Sox 10-1. Cincinnati beating the Baltimore Orioles 2-1. Tampa Bay is down 5-4 to Arizona. That is in the fifth inning. And the Oakland Athletics are beating uh, the Yankees 1-0. But it is early in that game as well. It is early in that game as well. So as we sit here right now, your American League standings, Tampa Bay is 54-27. As I mentioned, they are losing Baltimore is 48 and 29. The Yankees are 43 and 35. Toronto 43 and 37. And the Boston Red Sox 40 and 40. Uh, actually, that uh, Orioles game, I believe, has not gone final yet. It has gone final. It has not gone final yet. So the Orioles. Uh, yeah, 
They haven't gone final yet, so there you go. So do not put the Orioles to bed yet. They're in a rain delay. 2-1 Cincinnati uh, in the top of eight. 416-870-0590, star 590, 1-888-666-0590. John of Bridge North. Hey, how you doing? Doing well. I want... I wanted to hit on what you brought up before about a month ago about uh, the pitch clock, that uh, there's a lot of pitchers going down in uh, major leagues, minor leagues. Um, I I feel that uh, this is going to be a lot of pitchers being taken out of commission here by the end of the season or even before then, maybe August, uh, September, I think for, like, I blew my arm out throwing balls. And to throw that that hard within 15 seconds is, it's got to catch up to you, you know, especially the bigger guys, especially Alex. Um I really think that, and, and it's eating up a lot of the minor league guys too. Uh, well, it's it, it's interesting because I know that uh, there are pitchers around baseball. Kenley Jansen, in particular, has talked about this, and other other pitchers have talked about it. You know, there's a certain. And thank you very much for the call, John. I mean, there's a certain amount of logic behind that worry. Uh, major League Baseball uh, is saying that. Um, well, first of all, everybody, I think, wants to wait to have a full year. You know, let's let's see the pitch clock for this year. Let's see all this stuff in effect for a year before we decide whether or not it's really contributing to injuries. Right now, I would just say it, it's it's anecdotal. I tend to think, you know, maybe this is more the point. I don't know if uh, – I know if folks at the commissioner's office think this may be the case. I don't know if the pitch clock is necessarily – causing injuries but i think it might be contributing to injuries and look the players association has a vested interest in this um you know they'll they'll talk about it but um again it's only anecdotal it's only anecdotal and i think we need a bigger body of evidence to uh, see it because kevin kevin we've talked i mean there are pitchers we've talked to pitchers who'll say it's not that big a deal you just adjust absolutely I, I, I'm not sure I'm in that camp. Uh, look, it, it's, again, just look at the quality of the games, how fast they are, how good they look, what the pace is, you know, how it's it's all business, right? There's no messing around. I kind of like that. I, you think Major League Baseball is going to change that because of the optics of, of how the games look? I don't think so. They might well, no, just. They, I mean, if you they, added a couple of seconds to it, would that even matter? Like They I, didn't. They, it's not. I don't think the question is they would change it because of the optics. It's got nothing to do with optics. The optics are good. If there's if if there is evidence that it's contributing to injuries, you have to have a look at it. But right now, we don't know if there's evidence that it's contributing. Like there's no yeah, point worrying about it; it'll be discussed at the end of the year. And if Absolutely. there's numbers, if there's evidence that says it's contributing to it, then we'll go down that road. But it is remarkable how many people who aren't pitchers, and I'm talking about pitching coaches and managers, they don't think there's anything to it. So, you know, but, yeah, I'm but, sure the conversation. I'm sure the conversation has been brought up because of Alec Manoa, right? The the Jays fans want to add, you know, yeah, but that's two, not two that's plus, not a health issue. Kind of thing. It's not. That's, it's not. that's not a health exactly. issue. That that's it's because not. the guy isn't in shape. 
It's not. It's that's got nothing to do with health. You could have a 99-second pitch. Well, no, 99-second pitch clock would probably help him. I think it's had an impact on Alec Manoa because, as we said, he's a big dude. He likes to stomp around the the, the mound, get a second breath. He's going to have to get used to it though, because that rule ain't going to change. But uh, yeah, yeah, you got to wait for the full year before you decide what uh, you know. Before we decide where we're going to go with this, but pitch timers here—they're not going to take it away. That's for sure. Uh, Garby and Scarborough. Hello. Hello. What's going on? You want on? to talk about the lineup? Uh, yes. I mean, I have to listen to everyone. It's so hard to like talk about one thing, but yeah, the lineup in particular, um, Brandon belts over Vladdy in the lineup. I will shut up and listen. What do you mean? Brandon bell hitting third instead of fourth? Uh, why? Because he's hitting third right now, and Guerrero's hitting cleanup. Yeah. So, so why, why, why did we do that today? Like, what? I mean, they've done it for a couple of days. Oh, okay. All right. But why did we do that today, though? Is because Brandon Belton's facing his former team? Like, isn't isn't no? Bradley because like, uh, because they won uh, games uh, with that. They won games with that. Okay. Uh, all right. I, I mean, a better Frank, question. Why, why? Why isn't Vladimir Guerrero batting behind Bo? wherever Bo is. <coughs> he was. All right. It didn't work. So, it, it didn't work? No, it didn't work. That's why Vladdy's not had a good year for much of the year. Or let me rephrase that, because Vladdy's numbers aren't bad. But uh, who, who, who has a better average as, as of tonight? Is it Brandon Belt or Vladimir Guerrero? And that's a rhetorical question. So, yeah. No, uh, yeah. here, here's, here's, I think, what you should be looking at. And, and I think we're probably in the same page here. I just don't think Brandon Belt should be in the middle of this lineup. As I said, if you want to hit Brandon Belt seventh, eighth, that's all right. Well, and I mean, preferably do it, you know, two or three times a week. But again, well, you're not you're not going to win the I mean, AL East with Brandon Belt hitting any hitting hit, hitting in the middle of your lineup. You're just not. Well, the, the, the AL East is tough enough without vacuums. And you're right. uh, yeah, I think, was it a vacuum tonight? It was a vacuum tonight. I mean, uh, John, John Schneider's post-game interview, like, is he sponsored by Webster's, like, baseball at the source? It was a vacuum. Um, uh, was, yeah, I listen, mean, I, I I appreciate the call. Um, I mean, look, there, there, there have been, yeah, I mean, I've got to admit, if you, you know, you use the word vacuum, you think of the word suck. Yeah, the lineup sucked quite often. I can say that, I think. We're allowed to say uh, that. Well, you just did. Too late. Well, I did. You it's did. too late. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Own it. I, you know, again, uh, I, I'll just ask you, but, and I, uh-huh. look, I agree with the caller about Brandon uh-huh. Bell hitting in the middle, but who are you going to put up there? Um, Not Brandon t- Bell. <laughs> no. <laughs> like, uh, that's the thing is. I, I've been saying this since spring training. When I, when, I, when I was having the show and I was standing around the one of the fields, they had 30 of them. I was standing around one of them, and I asked you when you were doing, we were doing 10 to 12, and I was saying to you, well, who's hitting cleanup for the Toronto Blue Jays? Is it is it Brandon Belt? Is it, I, and dare I said, Dalton Varsho to start the season? And you rolled your I eyes think, when I suggested I don't think it I ever should be Bo Bichette. Yeah, and then I started saying who's hitting second. Yeah. Like, like two wrongs don't inning, make man. a right is the point. And this is what we're trying to, uh, yeah, exactly right. And then Vladdy gets off to the start, he gets off to Lucas in Oshawa. Clean this up, Lucas. Hey, gentlemen. Thanks for taking my call. My question is twofold. My first one is for Barker. Um, 
My favorite at bats to watch are Bo and Witt, and they're very unique hitters. So what do you think that the other gentlemen in the lineup could do to change their approach? And if the answer isn't within the lineup, I'd like to know from Barker, who do you think we can add to make the difference down the stretch? Yeah, thanks for the call. Look, (laughs) there's a reason every individual got to the big leagues offensively. That they don't all do it the same way, right? You know, George Springer leading off is probably not a conventional leadoff hitter because of how aggressive he is, right? He's he's always trying to do damage. He's he wants to. He's a swing first guy. That's not a typical leadoff hitter. Like you know, not not everybody has a two strike approach like Bo Bichette does. No, no, not everybody's nickname is two hit wit who can use the entire field. Like not everybody can do that, right? Everybody has a little weakness, and what you're trying to do is make it harder for the opposing manager to match up against every, every one of your hitters' weaknesses. And right now, for me, the Blue Jays have a real easy ones to attack. That's why you see some one-for-twelves with seven Ks with runners in scoring position. Uh, who do I want to see him go out and get? Ah, that's a million-dollar question. The, the one thing I will say is, Jeff, what do they have to give up to get it? That, that's the thing is – are Elvis Martinez, are they willing to give him up? I mean, all of a sudden now when Edwin Encarnacion's going down there and Victor Martinez, does he look like he can hit now all of a sudden? Yeah, like he's he's doing some things. So I, I just – it's almost looking to the fact of, of you might see what you see on a consistent basis. And, I, you know, cleanup hitters and run producers don't grow on trees is my point. I'll look at this team. And Chapman's a free agent at the end of the year. He's not re-signing. But he's a free agent at the end of the year. You're not going to get much for him at the trade deadline. No. Um, Whit Merrifield, Kevin Kiermeyer, they're nice pieces on contending teams. You're not going to get a ton for them uh, at, at this stage of the season. Do you flip Dalton Varsho? I don't know. I don't know what Dalton, Dalton Varsho would get you. There, there's not a lot at the major league level. I, you know, I guess if Alejandro Kirk was healthy, maybe. But if you're an acquiring team right now, what are you getting with Alejandro Kirk? It's not like he was having a great year before he went down. There's just this. This isn't a team built to need to add an impactful bat at the trade deadline. Because of the moves that were made this off season, the understanding was this lineup would be able to get it done. And I've said this. I think that there was a deal, whether it was a free agent signing or a trade, that was not made that would have changed the complexion of this team. You know it by looking at this lineup. This lineup's got holes. This lineup looks incomplete. We've said that. We've said that all along. I don't know if you can possibly get uh, an impactful bat at the deadline um i i just don't maybe there, there, there's maybe there's minor league depth but <laughs> ricky tiedemann have was have we heard from ricky about ricky tiedemann i don't know nope. about ricky tiedemann i mean they've got guys like sam robers i i personally i want to hang on to the pitchers because the jays at some point in the next two years you're going to need you're going to need a pitcher to come through cheap you really are so I, I think they're, quite frankly, screwed. In, unless you do something completely off the charts, 
you know, and move a, move a core piece to add another core piece. Uh, I don't know what that necessarily accomplishes. We've got one more call from Peter in Ottawa. Peter in Ottawa. Hey, hi. Hi, Jeff. Hi, Kevin. And, you know, I've been listening to you guys. It's obviously hitting, 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 and the lack of 21st in the league and run scoring positions. Not going to get them. They need 50 more wins, I figure, out of 82 games to get mm-hmm. to a wild card spot. 93 wins would be nice. I really miss Teoscar Hernandez now. 15 home runs, 45 RBIs right now with Seattle. He was the perfect guy behind Vladdy, and Vladdy's numbers have suffered. And all my life, I've listened to Major League Baseball analysts said, you got to protect the guy ahead of you in the lineup. And Teoscar protected Vladdy. They made pitchers throw to Vladdy. Vladdy had big numbers. And without that really good hitter behind Vladdy, you can see Vladdy suffering right now. So I'll leave it with you guys. You guys are doing great. You have identified the hitting weakness on the club. They need somebody behind Vladdy. And they got to go back to Springer, Bichette, Vladdy, and then the number four guy. And they don't have a number four guy. Varshal strikes out too much. So I'll leave it with you. Thanks a lot. Take care. Bye. Thanks, Peter. Isn't it interesting, Kevin, how people – call up and talk about Lourdes Gurriel Jr. and Gabriel Moreno, and very few people call up and talk about Teoscar Hernandez. Yeah. And I think part of the reason, we knew Teoscar wasn't going to sign here. We knew he wasn't going to re-sign here. Mm-hmm. Um, he's prob- and, and, and that, you know, I think that was as much the reason this deal was made as anything else. But, yeah, hell yeah. Would I take, would I take Teoscar, would I redo that trade right now if you gave me the chance? In a freaking heartbeat, I would redo that trade right now. I would take Teoscar back here in a second. I, I said this to you whenever they made the trade. I asked you, where's the 25 and 80 coming from? Where, you where, did. Where's, who, who, 25 and 80 don't grow on trees. And to no, Peter's point, did. right, it, it protection and threat standing on the on-deck circle makes the manager scratch his head on how he's going to get through it. And right now they just don't have a bunch of that. 3 nothing. the Blue Jays have dropped the first of three games to the San Francisco Giants. The good thing is because it's baseball, we got to do it again tomorrow. Mr. Barker and myself will be back tomorrow doing Blue Jays talk. As always, Blair and Barker, 5 to 7 Eastern on Sportsnet 590, the fans, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening to Blue Jays Baseball, brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Now that summer has arrived, it's road trip season. Make sure your vehicle is protected from rust with Crown. Visit crown.com for a special summer offer today. Crown, Canada's number one rust protection.